Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Lord, we truly say this morning, hallelujah. We praise your holy name in this place. Now, Father, we magnify your name above everything else in our lives in this place. And we again say, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the band. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Good morning, Pastor Harold and Maud. Thank you for the opportunity to minister the Word of God. I have some rooibos here. They say rooibos are for people who do not like coffee. Not for sick people. <laughs> but praise God. Let's put the Word first. You know, church, I really believe that the church is at a place to explode worldwide. This church, God has taken us through many things, but there is a reason why our church is standing strong. There's a reason why this church will always stand strong. It is because of convictions. It is because of powerful convictions that we are seated here and still standing here and that we can go forward. And I want to share this morning about He who convicts the world. Truly, in our lives here, and we connected with Pastor Harold, the main focus of our ministry is the leading of God's Spirit in our lives. It is basically the only reason why we are still standing and standing strong. It is because the Spirit of God is in this place and He's with us and He's busy with us. Is He busy with you? It is the most exciting thing to know as a Spirit-filled, born-again child of God that there's hope because of the Spirit of God and He's here. So I want to reignite this flame of fire that is burning in our hearts. It should never dwindle, but it's about the convictions of the Spirit of God. And obviously, it is as well about the convictions of your life. Because if you are not a convicted person, you will not have strong convictions. And it's by, we live by the convictions we find in the Word of God. Those things that are important to God becomes our convictions. So I'm asking today your convictions. What does it look like? Is it like a sharp knife? Like the Word of God? Is it still cutting? Or is it blunt? You just go on. You just exist. You just, you know, this morning you had to drag yourself out of bed to come to the early service. I hope it's not like that. I hope it's like King David when he said, you know, I was glad when they said, let us go up to the house of God. So amen. And I think of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, Father God, their absolute and this is what Satan is after. 
God's absolute love for people. Satan wants to distract the church by saying God has forgotten us, that he's not involved. But believe me, God has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today and forever. He's still busy with his people. I believe he's busy with every person here. You know, there's a great, there's there's a thing that I've noticed that happens with many people in their lives that causes them to get frustrated and causes them to stand back. And it's in the area of unanswered prayer. Do you know that? Unanswered prayer causes people to backslide. But if we live by our convictions, then we know God will answer. Does God still answer? Absolutely. I have seen the Lord at work. I have seen in a couple of weeks some serious miracles. I've seen where when we become desperate and you really ask God that God answers. I've seen where personally in the past week or three, where God personally, I went on my knees. I was so desperate for a breakthrough. And as I went on my knees, literally, immediately. And when the peace of God comes over you, there's immediate peace. Peace, and you can experience, but it's got to be, it's got to be the focus of the Holy Spirit. So let me quickly take you to a scripture, John 16. Please, notebooks, Bibles, imperative for church services. It keeps you awake. Well, I hope not, I hope the word inspires you. John 16, let's take it from verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged on the cross, is judged. God dealt with him, it's finished. He's no more our problem. No more. We don't even deal with him. He's not our focus. The focus is the leading of God's spirit in a person's life. Some people are so demon focused that they take their focus on the person that dealt with him. That's Jesus. Church, he's It's a work that God wants to do through us. And that work, has it started in your life? The powerful work of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit transforms a person into a new being. But it says here, the problem, here is the problem with this world. This is what the Holy Spirit came to do. The greatest work of the Holy Spirit is not to make our lives comfortable. 
Usually when he takes hold of you, you become very uncomfortable. But it's so good. Let me not go there. Here's the thing the Spirit of God does. The main focus, the main focus of the Holy Spirit's work in this world is first of all, to present this world with Jesus Christ as the answer and the solution. That is, because it says here, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, here's the thing, of sin because they do not believe in me. That's the real problem. Sin is not the problem. Jesus dealt with our sin. Although sin is a big problem, we'll get to that. Here's the problem, unbelief. Just very simple unbelief. If a person lives in the area of unbelief, a person will never grow in your faith and you can never... Amen, we're back. So church, let us get to the things I wanna say. Currently in the world, there's, a, there's what they call, it's a near thing. And a lot of people are using it. It's deconstruction. How many of you have heard of the word deconstruction? It is where people deconstruct their faith. It is basically where people walk away from the faith. Simple as that. And now they've given it a name. And we find it especially under, with musicians. Those people who lead worship teams, that they are deconstructing major Leaders of bands have walked away. You, you see, all of us, even us as pastors, you can never take your focus away from what the Spirit of God does in your life. Never can a person truly say, now I know, I know it all. Now I can relax. You can never do that. It's a lifetime journey to be focused on the Holy Spirit, His voice, and where He takes me. And if a person becomes silent, you are busy deconstructing your faith. You are busy taking away the main elements of what causes a person's faith to grow. We can never allow our faith to be deconstructed, to be affected by the convictions we make. Your convictions are so extremely important to move ahead and to hear the voice of God in your life. So Mark 4 from verse 8 says, But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced 30-fold, 60-fold, and some a hundred. But here the Lord Jesus said, and he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It truly is about what you hear. What you hear. There are many people here today and listening. What you hear determines what convicts you. What you hear. What do you hear? What do you hear currently the Spirit of God is saying about your life? Are you constructing a powerful faith life? Or are you busy taking away what causes your convictions that moves you forward? So that I shouldn't do. That's where the problem is. 
But this is the problem with the world now. This really is the problem. 2 Timothy 4 verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and turning to fables. Turning to fables. Satan is working hard to cause the Word of God become a fable in your life. What is a fable? A fable is a myth. The Bible is only a myth. This is not real. You know, the Garden of Eden, that's just a figment of our imagination. Noah, just a name. Jesus, no, he was a wonderful man who spoke words of love. He was all-inclusive. Everybody come, come and enjoy Jesus. He's the most radical person that's ever walked this planet. Where he walked, things changed. And he's given us that spirit, the spirit of change. That's convictions, the spirit of change, consistent change in a person's life. Is your life changing? Or is the pension lurking? Dangerous. Two things that causes churches to grow. Compromise or no compromise. Do you know that many, no comp many compromising churches are growing like, like faster than non-compromising churches are growing? Do you know that? There's many churches that are busy growing out of their seams. Why? Because the pulpit and the people in the pews are not talking the truth. A while ago, someone ministered to a person in the side hall with an altar call. And the card came to me. And I confronted the person by asking, why did you come out to the altar call? And the person said, you know, I don't feel nice. I, don't, I feel far away from God. But the moment I addressed the sin, a demon manifested. Dear child of God, dear Salida, dear pastor, dear any person, we, by the love of Christ, still talk about sin. Is sin. Sin is wickedness. It is the thing that brought Jesus Christ to this earth. The number one thing. And that is why he sent the Holy Spirit, because our carnal natures need help. Spirit, we move forward. Otherwise, there's a dead standing still. Otherwise, your faith, without the Holy Spirit, without God sending his Holy Spirit to the earth, no man could be saved. No man could progress in their faith. Nothing. Because the scripture still says in Matthew 7, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. For there are many that go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. If you are going through difficulty, it is basically a normality. <laughs> you know, we expect just to have peaceful lives. No, your greatest fight is against yourself. 
Do you know that? Not your wife, your bank account, your bank manager, your business. Your greatest fight is you. It's me. I'm fighting me every day of my life. Every morning, my flesh tells me, slop lot. Every day, relax. You know, when a person enters my domain, shush, don't tell him about Jesus. Keep quiet. You know, you don't have to do it now. Maybe another person did. God alone knows. We cannot back down, never. Because narrow is the gate. And the way is so narrow, you have to make sure you are on that road. Because it's on that road that the power of God manifests. That's the road of power. That's the road that makes sense. That's the road where you fight your real battles. Because the highway, the super highway to hell is a fast lane. People who are on that lane do to get back. They do not see the exits because it's a fast lane. It's a quick lane. Once people enter that lane as Christians, if you enter that lane, then that lane will drag you. And then suddenly you find yourself that you are older and much older. And when we grow older, our spiritual ears get dumber. Until you hear nothing. And then there's the exit into hell. When last have you heard about hell? Hell is real, man. Hell is real. Today, 180,000 people just on this day will die. And probably most of them will end up in hell. Therefore, we need to get back to hell. Sin. The things that Christ came to break. That's what we need to get back to. Because that's the power of real Christianity. So church, in Acts 17, 30, it says, Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands. Our life and our convictions consists of command. Lord, it is the commands of the Lord. Don't worry, the devil doesn't like this message. He doesn't like it. But it's about Jesus. You see, when the commands of the Holy Spirit that comes and he enforces the will of Jesus Christ in our lives, those commands becomes our convictions and those convictions cannot be changed. Even this week, Pastor Harold shared about his convictions. Still standing strong. We need to be like that. We need to be like that. But it says here, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. And he has given assurance to all of us that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Because of that raising from the dead, the power of God's Spirit is still working. The great power of God's Holy Spirit is still working in churches, in people's lives. But what is repentance? Repentance. When last have you had a solid repentance? Solid, serious. You know, repentance, I usually see personally. When there's real, when it really affects you, is where you see tears. So many times we get people in our offices and they sit there 
there's not one single tear, then I know because tears comes from a heart. If you experience God's heart, heart, then you will know what it feels like to be burdened with people going to a hell forever. It's time that our convictions make space for the conviction of God. How can I be used by you? But you see, three years, it took three years, three years for 11 men, three years to be sorted out, only three years. Then they got the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Then suddenly something powerful changed. Ordinary men were turned into extraordinary powerful men. Peter, who couldn't, who could, when he opened his mouth, he was offensive. Right when he received the Holy Spirit, right there he started making sense. <laughs> and he preached one of the most powerful sermons ever. The Lord Jesus. Do you know what? The shortest, shortest sermon in the Bible was preached by the Lord Jesus. And it was basically the word, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That's it. That's all the Lord said, and he walked on. That is still applicable today. If you want the power of God to really work in your life, it's time to repent. People repent. There's a wrong kind of repentance. Do you know, church? There's the repentance that I want a better marriage. I want my finances to work out. I want my business to be better. I want my relationships to work out. I want this. I want that. I want the other. But the godly kind of repentance is the repentance where the Holy Spirit shakes you finally until you cannot be shaken anymore. Until he shakes everything out of you. And once you stand up from that carpet or that place, you know you're a different person. That's true repentance. That's the repentance that causes a person to totally lose focus of this world. If it's not happened to you, you know, I have asked literally in my life where I know I'm becoming lukewarm. Can pastors become lukewarm? Absolutely. You must see me in action when I get into the flesh. I'm the worst kind. <laughs> but I know that at such places, and I'm not talking about no honey pastor here. But it's about God, I cannot go on like this anymore. I just cannot. And many people, here's the thing about repentance, people. When a person repents, really repents, it is done with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's the changing of the mind with the help of the Holy Spirit changing the heart. When these two starts aligning, that's where the power of God manifests. That's where the Word of God enters and the heart now starts and is being formed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. A changed mind is your work. A changed heart is God's work. But if you do not change your mind, you will not change your heart. God waits for the heart. How many times have we seen people, they come repenting halfway. Yes, I don't want this drug problem in my life anymore. I don't want this addiction. I don't want this, I don't want that. 
But the first move is to take the Word of God and let it change your mind. When the mind changes, it's literally a turning around. And then the heart starts following God. Let me give you a scripture where God says the way He does it. In Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone and out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep it. That is true repentance. Where God says, I cannot but leave this person alone. I know that this person's heart is in it. I can work with this person. I will take this life and what I will bring out of it is beauty but it's got to be ashes. It's got to be a burning. It's got to be a burning. It's got to be a removal, totally. How many of you want that? Come on, church, show me by your hands. How many of you want that deeper walk with God? I need it for this time of my life. I have never been this old. <laughs> I seriously need God to show me at this age how to move forward with him. You've never been where you are now, never. But I know what you need for the future. And that is something refreshing, beautiful. When the Spirit of God takes hold of you, then he creates beauty out of that ashes. Absolutely stunning. So how does it feel when you are being convicted? How does it feel? You want to know how it feels. The right feeling is that I offend God. If you do not feel that, then you will never deal with your sin. Because the motive for doing a different thing to change your mind is that I'm not going to shout at my husband or my wife now or I'm going to take out an AK-47 and hit this taxi from behind. You know, all of these things, these, these bad things we want to do. But it's when you start focusing on, Lord, I just want to please you. It's so simple. Lord, what I'm about to do now, I'm not going to do. This pornography that grips me, Lord, I'm not going to do that. But now... I take my eyes off that and I say, Lord, to your glory, I do not touch this. I do not do that. I do not say that. To your glory, now I start moving forward. Finally in my life, I move forward. To your glory, I start putting in the word of God. To your glory, to your glory, to your glory. Only to his glory. And that's the power of Christianity. So how did Isaiah experience it? Isaiah was quite okay. And the next moment, he had the conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But to his benefit, he experienced it, what he saw as well. And he said, woe is me, for I am undone. I am finished. That's the place where the Holy Spirit convicts. When you are finished, you just cannot go on anymore. That's a conviction. That's the conviction. It means that that's exactly the place where God wants you to make a decision. Right there. But if you are not finished, 
It will go on and on and on, and you will lose what God wants to do in your life truly. Joseph said on Potiphar's wife, I do not know what she looked like, but he had to run away. He just said, I will not do this great wickedness and sin against God. Joseph had the right focus. The Philippian jailer, right at the point of conversion, where it was, he was about to lo actually lose his life. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So repentance is actually, after repentance, there comes a refreshing. True repentance causes a great refreshing in our lives. And there's something I want to read here because people get it wrong. Listen to this, Luke 24, 46. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to be raised, rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these. Behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem. Now, here's the thing. Repentance and remission of sins. Remission of sins is to remit something. You send it on just my term, the, the King George Version. The remission is the forgiveness. Remit, send it away. When the sending away of the guilt and the shame and the hurt and the pain is there, it's gone. But people want that and not repentance. People want remission. I've seen so many people, why their prayers are unanswered, why things are not happening for them, because they want to experience the but what God wants is for the person to turn around, change your mind about the situation and walk away from the sin. Then the remission, it immediately happens. But remission cannot happen if there's not proper, solid repentance in a person's life. But all of us, we want the remission part. So many people, oh Lord, I'll serve you now. Now I'll serve you. Just take away this problem. Repent first, turn around first, walk away, run away. Paul said not to touch another woman. He said, flee. You know what flee means? When you want to hit a flea, you quickly see that thing move. <laughs> so what is this repentance, metanoia, as we close? It means to grieve. You take the time. And you ask the Holy Spirit. I have asked the Holy Spirit in my life many, many times. Lord, convict me. <laughs> Every single time that I've done that with an honest and a pure heart, God would rip me apart. But what comes out of that? Beautiful new things. So it means to a radical change. Radical change. It is realizing I must stop it. In the Old Testament, what ons noem, suck in us. Suck. Do you know suck in us? What's it in English? What? 
sackcloth. I wanted to say sack and ashes, but <laughs> sackcloth and ashes. Where you literally, you know, it's you and God. But people want, listen to this. People need a savior. The Lord is the savior. But then again, his name, Lord, means master. It's two things the Lord does in a person's life. He becomes your savior, but then he masters your life. You can be saved without the Lord mastering your life. To be, for him to be the master of your life means that he takes control of everything. And it's stunning, people. It's wonderful. So then repentance become a lifestyle. Is that a lifestyle to you? It's a lifestyle of a Christian. Truly. It's one of the things we do on a daily basis. Repent. God even said he had to repent. But it's not the kind of repentance we do. God said to Moses, Moses, get out, get out of the way. I think it's a song like that. Get out of the way. Just get out of the way, Moses. What I'm about to do here, I'm going to do a new thing. But Moses, the man of God, said, God, no. What will the nation say? He reminded God of his work. We need to remind ourselves that God is busy with the construction work in our lives. Get out of God's way. Get out of the way, flesh. Get out of the way, wrong mindset. Get out of the way. You need to write a song about that. Feeling, then it's a feeling of concern and regret. It's an attitude change, and it basically is to make a change. And then, let me read this to you. James 4 verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Submit is a military term. Submit means to bring under obedience. See, either your life is under obedience or you are a legalistic person. When you are legalistic, that just doesn't make sense. But when it becomes obedience to his voice, then my convictions becomes so strong, you cannot move me. Nothing can move you. It can sit, they can send you literally to the center of hell and you will not be moved. They can send you to the worst nightclub in Johannesburg and you will cast out demons there. They can send you anywhere because God can trust you. <laughs> because God knows your convictions. He knows what you will do when the pressure comes. That you will not lay down or relax. Relax is a dangerous thing. The Lord Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And this is done by the spirit of God in our lives as well. We've been anointed. Amen. Church, please stand. I want all of us to raise our hands before God. If there's anything not right in your life now, 
if there's anything in your life that needs a change, now is the moment. Let us pray. Father God, as we stand here, we are truly humble in your sight. Lord, thank you for the conviction of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you for the manifested power of God still manifesting after thousands of years in hearts of men and women who are dedicated to you. Lord, many of us, we need and we want and we are desirous of a change in our lives. I pray therefore, Holy Spirit, this is our prayer today. Convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And lead us on the straight and narrow. Oh God, we need you now more than ever. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.